my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastically blessed day today, as always. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy. And as you know, the Multiple Powder, Ultimate Multiple Powder, on sales product of the week. Be sure to check it out on the website at healthmasters.com. Got a lot of other kits on the front page, including the immune system support kit that are put on sale, and also the spike protein survival kit, since we do have the super potent E. Our mix to go for all vitamin E and our prostate support back in stock as well. You know, we we're waiting on two batches of those to get finished. Everything came back perfect. We got them in stock, as many as you want, ready to go at healthmasters.com. So be sure to check those out if you want to get stocked up on those as well right now on the website. And also, one of the first things I wanted to cover today is this is something that I find very interesting because I've had a lot more people starting to talk to me about this as far as property and living conditions and cities and houses and subdivisions. And what's interesting, somebody sent me an article from Zero Hedge now, and it shows that basically the algorithm for the search term living off the grid or live off the grid has skyrocketed over the last month where more and more places, including Oregon, Missouri, Colorado, Tennessee, Arizona, Florida, on the interest by subregion with these search engine algorithms, they're going through the roof with people starting to look at affordability as far as having houses that are not in the middle of these subdivisions. As I've told you guys before, the problem with it is when you start hyper-developing certain areas, and you start bringing in demographics that were never in an area, and you start bringing in massive amount of housing that has never been in the area, and infrastructure and roadways that isn't there, as we've personally seen down here in Florida. It's been probably one of the most embarrassing aspects from a developmental standpoint that I've ever witnessed in this state. You know, I've seen some pretty stupid stuff before in Florida, but it has by far been the absolute worst with essentially just the raping and pillaging of Central Florida, where these developers have come in now and figured out these loopholes as far as with private property and working with private owners of property and developing these properties with massive, massive amounts of houses. I mean, I'm talking six-foot setbacks, tiny little houses, and you know, putting three, 400 houses in one tiny little subdivision and then having one exit out the front and one exit out the back with one turning lane off a main road to get in absolutely has eviscerated certain parts of traffic in central Florida. It's one of the reasons why if anybody comes down here, everybody goes, golly, what's, what's wrong with Florida? And I said, well, you've had the unbelievably greedy developers and bankers that have come in now and basically strip-mined it, so to speak, as far as the property with houses, but none of them are being forced to put any type of infrastructure expansion. I don't think this is by accident. I personally think Florida, and just my opinion, I think Florida is being set up to be some type of state that's going to have some really, really wild event, and the population density down here is going to be beyond controllable as far as what happens if people try to leave or people have a crisis that they can't handle. Because as we've watched now over the last 10 years, you know, especially over the last three years, a lot of the people that have moved to Florida are not original Floridians. They're transplants from other states. Now, some other states are great and welcome here, you know, coming from Tennessee or Georgia or Texas and some of the Midwestern states. They they come in just fine to Florida. But we also see an enormous amount from New York and California and other liberal states. And the problem is when they get here. All they want to do is demand that everything go to the way they want it to be, and they want everybody to be restricted and controlled the way they came from their old state. And uh, yeah, this is what we're watching right now. So very interesting to see 
while so many people are looking at this living off the grid scenario, which is, by the way, I mean, that, that's a serious endeavor to get involved in. I've explained that to people before because I've been on properties that have been like that before. When we were in Montana for a while, there's a place up in North Fork. I actually looked at some properties up there, and they're 100% off grid. I mean, they got their solar panels. They got their generators. They got their backup batteries. They got backup generators. And I mean, everything's off the grid. And it's pretty cool, but it's a, it's a serious way to live. If that's the style you want to do it, I like it a lot. But you got to make sure you're prepared mentally and physically for what you're going to be involved in up there. You know, a lot of people, it sounds good on paper, you know, but if you're 300 pounds, you have a hard time getting up off the couch and you have this dream that you're going to go buy a property up in, you know, some off the grid scenario. And you're going to go up there and just live and lay around. That ain't going to happen. A lot of maintenance, a lot of upkeep, but again, a lot more privacy, a lot more security, and a lot more ability to control the settings around you and not have so many factors and variables from all kinds of different people that are coming in. Just an interesting topic that I wanted to bring up. And also, too, now we've seen the photos and we figured this was going to happen, we knew it was going to happen. The mugshot now, they made sure they got to book Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and all these guys in this Fulton, Georgia. And, you know, the more I keep watching this, the more embarrassing this entire theater show is. And I told you guys the other day, I said it's not just the aspect of Donald Trump as a person. You know, he really didn't do what he should have done as president. There's a lot of things he could have done differently and been involved more in. But what they're doing now is this is you got to understand from a psychological standpoint, this is about breaking down the fabric of the Republic of the United States, saying that you can't question a stolen election. I mean, I remember Hillary Clinton ranting for months writing books, doing interviews, doing seminars about how the election interference from Russia when she lost fair and square. And she was so mad about it because everybody got sick of her crap. This is what it was. I was sick of it. Nobody was going to vote for her. And yet not one single time did anything ever happen with an investigation. Yet we blatantly saw thievery in the 2020 election. And I think that's exactly what they're now getting ready to do with this COVID idea is make sure they bring in more, more of the mail-in ballots, more breaking down of the Republic and just now blatantly doing it in everybody's face saying, Hey, listen, this is what we're doing here. This is how we're doing it. We don't even care if you know we're doing it. We're just going to blatantly do it now right in your face, and you can't say anything about it, or essentially we're going to arrest you. Very, very strange place to watch a republic go to this level because this was an amazing, amazing country as far as when it came to the basis of the government and how it was written together with the Constitution, and we're watching that degrade very, very quickly. And yeah, I'll be on the Hagman report tonight. I'm going to go over some more of this stuff and a lot of the COVID stuff that I'm starting to find out now and a lot of stuff that they're doing with the food. One thing that I'm going to bring up tonight on the show, I found this to be very interesting, is multiple of these websites have been talking about how the World Health Organization has now classified this new COVID strain as iris, as the variant of interest. And that basically this is the new massive variant that's spreading and it's all so dangerous and everybody needs to get their shot and the COVID vaccine will be here in two weeks. You can't make up this narrative. I, I, I will be honestly, I will still be shocked. I guess I still have a little faith in humanity. I will be shocked if the general population actually falls for this again. But ironically enough, when I saw one of this last article this week and this the new COVID strain, ERIS, E-R-I-S, I typed it in the search engine. It sounded weird to me. I sound like I've heard something like that before. And sure enough, one of the first things that pops up is Eris was the Greek goddess of strife and discord back in mythology from Greece. 
So you're naming the virus basically after the goddess that was head of strife and discord, basically causing drama, causing problems, causing fights, causing strife. That's what they named this after. Now, if you think that was an accident, if you think that wasn't being done intentionally on purpose, gosh, you got to understand what these guys are involved in and how much they they value as far as numerology and words and mythology and everything else with what they do. And so I guess they're basically telling us now this is going to be the massive variant that's going to cause strife and discord among everyone. And quite frankly, I can already see that starting to occur. You know, a lot of the stuff that I've been reading and looking at now and some of the stuff on social media is vast majority of people are not going to go along with this. But I think you're still going to see some of the useful idiots that the deep state uses and that the mainstream media is going to use to really spread this in their head so they continually start their aggression, their violence, and their outburst against anyone that doesn't follow the narrative or doesn't wear a mask. And I guess I could say – you think we saw strife and discord during COVID, you're going to see some hardliners now when this happens, and you're going to see them on both sides. You're going to see the people that literally do nothing but drool on themselves while they watch CNN, and then you're going to see the Americans that are sick of dealing with this, and we're going to stand up and say no. What the numbers show and what you're starting to see with various views on certain shows, with views on social media, with hashtags on stuff that are coming up right now, the algorithms in favor of this COVID and what they're wanting to start pushing are abysmal. There is so much flack. I was looking through it tonight because you got to remember the algorithms are what the deep state bases a lot of their agendas off of. They look at and see, okay, how much blowback are we getting on this? How much positive engagements are we getting? How many likes, how many follows, how many views, how many comments? What's the general consensus? Because social media is one of the biggest algorithm platforms in determining the general populace's behavior. People don't understand that. And so what's happening is – and I encourage everybody right now. If you use social media, start blasting some stuff out there. And I don't mean being you know, aggressive or me. I mean reposting stuff, reposting stuff that blatantly shows what they're doing, blatantly repost of what's actually truth and push it out there. I mean there's literally stack. I mean I got a stack. I got to go back through them and pull them out of archives. Stacks of research studies that I used during this show that I used during the uh, meeting at the school board that we talked about yesterday as far as on masks and how they don't work to stop viral transmission. Numerous peer-reviewed studies have come out and shown the exact same thing, yet you already have that college now up in Georgia. Second week the kids start, they tell them they've got to start wearing masks at all times in class. This is going to be, again, I think exactly what they're telling us it's going to be, strife and discord with a whole lot of conflict if they really push this agenda. So be prepared for it. Be mentally ready for it. But also have the mental ammunition loaded up as far as the facts, the topics, and also the willpower and the conviction on what you're going to stand for and how far you're willing to let this stuff go because it's really important. You maintain your health. You keep your immune system strong, and you keep your mental health strong as well. And remember, don't let anybody tell you you have to do something simply because they said so. Always question the narrative. What do you think, Dad? How are you doing this morning? Uh, Austin, doing great. Now, you know, I'm not a Trump fan. You know, you guys know that I was back in 2016, 2015 when he was running for president against Hillary because, you know, anybody but Clinton, ABC, and uh, nobody wanted the witch of Benghazi in the White House. And. Uh, I had a huge, you know, banner in my yard. It was like a two by six foot banner that said Trump. And uh, it was up for six months after the election. And then all of a sudden I, and I didn't, had to put it behind my fence 
because I don't want the neighbors to tear it down because I got a bunch of liberals live close to me. And I left it up there. And no one ever said anything to me. And finally, after he started putting all these CFR members into the White House positions and he started putting Gutlieb in and all the other stuff, I started realizing, wait a minute, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. So I don't have a lot of praise for Trump. I don't. But I got to give him kudos on this one. That mugshot that he took off the chain. I loved it. And it was pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to give him that one. That's the absolute best mugshot I've ever seen in my entire life. He just looks absolutely just livid, mad, like he's going to kill somebody. Hair's perfect. Makeup's perfect. Uh, suit's perfect. I mean, he best mugshot I've ever seen of anybody. Like, I'm coming after the deep state, and I don't care what it costs, what it takes. I've had enough of this nonsense, especially with the clowns show down there in Georgia. So, I mean, so, yeah, I got <laughs> Let me see your war face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, do you really want to get this guy mad? And that, that's what it looks like. And it's, you know, it's one of those deals. It's kind of like if he's told you he's going to kill you, you better go buy a casket after you see this fact that you actually see this picture. And, uh, you know, it's one of those deals. So we'll see what he can do with his if he actually has billions of dollars, which I don't think he's a real billionaire anyhow, but I'm sure he's worth several hundred million. But that's still a lot of money. But the reality is, is that we'll see. But then we got to stop for one second. And you know, just before I start sitting here and you know praising Trump too much, let's look at CFR members. I talked about this once before. I'm going to cover this again. The CFR was basically a group of people that were put together by the Rothschild banking community after the failing of the League of Nations in 1920 or so. And what ended up happening is it was a group of people that were dedicated to a one world government period. That's what they want. That's who the League of Nations are. That's who they are. And they're, they're basically the, the Rothschild flunkies. And so between the Rothschild, you know, you CFR members and the Rothschild Bilderberg attendees, uh, let's look at a few of them that are appointed by Trump. John Abazad, he was appointed. Elliot Abrams appointed. James Baker appointed. Barbara Barnett appointed. David Bohan appointed. John Bolton appointed. Donish Brulette appointed. Elaine Cayo appointed. Richard Cleary appointed. Jay Clayton appointed. Gary Cohn appointed. Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon? Really? Jamie Dimon? Unbelievable. Head guy with BlackRock? Yeah, appointed. You know, on and on and on this list goes. Anthony Fauci appointed. Larry Fink appointed. You know, Larry Fink may be the guy for BlackRock. I can't remember. Uh, Lisa Gordon, Neil Gorsh, Harry Harris, that Admiral, Vice Admiral S. Howard. And, and this list goes on. It's too long to read all. I'm going to post this. You guys can read it. Mike Pompano is one of the ones you guys have heard of. And it goes on and on and on and on. Jack Welsh. On and on, of all the people that he appointed, CFR and Bilderberg attendees. Just thought I'd mention that. So this because I got to praise Trump a little bit this morning about his scowl, best, best, absolute best mugshot I've ever seen. But I got to say that about him now too, because this morning I got a text from a friend of mine who was basically praising Trump, you know, and saying that we have to have Trump, we have to have Trump back, Trump back, Trump back, Trump back. And I'm like, come on, guys, give me a break, uh, stop it. You know, we we need Jesus back is what we need. Jesus 2024. That's who we need. We need, to put, we need to start putting signs up in our yards. Jesus 2024. And uh, make people realize that the only hope that we have is Christ, period. And that, that's how I look at the whole thing. By the way, this is an interesting story. J.P. Morgan had a secret project that is now spreading a scandalous internet emails with sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein to news outlets worldwide. What? Article from Pam Martins, very, very brilliant writer. According to unsealed documents released this week by the U.S. Virgin Islands and its federal lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase over claims that facilitated Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. Remember, J.P. Morgan Chase is a Rothschild banking cartel directly involved in the formation of the Federal Reserve, named after J.P. Morgan, the front guy, the cutout guy for the Federal Reserve Bank in 1913, the one who was basically scheduled 
to be on the Titanic. Just thought I'd mention that and changed his plans at the last minute. Thought I'd mention that. J.P. Morgan, that same guy. It says he facilitated Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking of underage girls for more than a decade. The largest bank in the United States has a lot of explaining to do to the American people and potentially to criminal vision of the Justice Department. After Jeffrey Epstein was arrested by the U.S. Department of Justice on July the 6th, 2019, on federal sex trafficking charges, charges, J.P. Morgan, which had been Epstein's banker from 1998 to 2013, apparently decided to get a quick look at how much legal liability and reputational damage it might have if its labyrinth client relationship and intimate undisclosed business relationships with Epstein came to light. The top of the house at J.P. Morgan Chase ordered an internal investigation in 2019, which the code named Project Jeep, the J.E. stood for Jeffrey Epstein. Jamie Diamond, the chairman of CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, denied knowledge of the Project Jeep in his deposition in the lawsuit in late May. An attorney for the Virgin Island writes in a letter that there's documentation suggested that Diamond is part of top of the house. All of this stuff ties together with the blackmailing of congressional leaders and approximately a thousand politicians with underage girls with Jeffrey Epstein and Mossad. Always remember, Jeffrey Epstein was a Mossad agent. Read the book, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Here's another one. New court documents suggest the Justice Department, under four presidents, covered up Jeffrey Epstein's money laundering at J.P. Morgan Chase. Whoa. Remember all of that sensational social media buzz in 2016 about a politically connected ring of pedophiles operating out of a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C.? The story was debunked by Snopes, but not before it had gone viral. While the pizza parlor was getting plenty of attention, an actual highly sophisticated child sex trafficking ring had been operating with impunity for more than a decade out of the largest bank in the United States, J.P. Morgan Chase. Based on astonishing internal documents from J.P. Morgan Chase obtained during discovery in a federal lawsuit and filed on the court docket last week, it now appears that the U.S. Department of Justice has turned a blind eye towards the bank's facilitation of Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking crimes for more than 16 years. I'm going to add this. As Mossad dug its tentacles and its vampire teeth deeper and deeper into the juggler of the United States, thought to a little bit of hyperbole in there, which really isn't hyperbole. During the administrations of four separate presidents of the United States, the heavy lifting for what should have been criminal investigations by the U.S. Department of Justice in this matter is now being conducted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the U.S. Virgin Islands in a civil lawsuit using the law firm of Motley and Rice. Wow. I'm going to post this article, too. I'm going to post the last one. And finally, here we go. Wall Street mega banks and their disgraceful bailout charts since the repeal of Glass-Steagall in 1999. The Bill Clinton administration, the unbelievably corrupt Bill Clinton administration run by the Sabbatean witch Hillary Clinton, taking her orders directly from the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan, repealed in 1999 the 1933 Banking Act, commonly known as the Glass-Steagall Act, ushered in the greatest kleptocracy America has ever known. The Cambridge Dictionary defines kleptocracy as a society whose leaders make themselves rich and powerful by stealing from the rest of the people. In fact, the actual goal of repealing Glass-Steagall is to do just that. The momentum for the repeal of Glass-Steagall came from the announcement in 1998 that Wall Street veteran Sandy Vale wanted to merge his trading firm Solomon Brothers, Smith Barney, and the Travelers Group Umbrella with Citicorp parent of the federally insured Citibank Commercial Bank, because of the Glass-Steagall Act, such a merger was illegal and should have stayed illegal. 
1933, Congress had passed Glass-Steagall and had watched the stock market lose 89% of its value over the years following the 1929 stock crash. It had seen thousands of banks collapse and the onset of the Great Depression, all because of the Wall Street kleptocracy of that time. So they passed Glass-Steagall. To restore the public trust in banks, the Glass-Steagall did two simultaneous, two simultaneous things. It created federally insured deposits and commercial banks, and it barred those banks from combining with their casino brethren on Wall Street, the brokerage firms, and the investment banks. While Vile, who had, who had a self-confessed personal motive for the merger he proposed in 1998, which created the so-called Universal Bank Citigroup, Weil told his merger partner, John Reed of Citibank, that his motivation for the deal was, we could be so rich, according to a Reed in an interview with Bill Moyers. The budding kleptocracy in 1998 didn't waste any time in putting the plan into motion and reaping the windfall financial awards. Clinton's Treasury Secretary Robert Rubin, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue Satan, probably, probably, who pushed for the repeal of Glass-Steagall, went directly from the Treasury Department to take a seat on Citibank's group, where he lavishly compensated to the tune of $120 million over the next decade. The Financial Crisis Inquiry Commission that was created after these Wall Street Universal Banks blew up, the U.S. financial system in 2008, made a criminal referral of Rubin to U.S. Department of Justice, asking that Rubin conduct at Citigroup be investigated, Rubin's conduct at Citigroup's being investigated. Nothing more came of it. Nothing more ever comes of it, does it? The Wall Street kleptocracy has ruled the U.S. Department of Justice since the repeal of Glass-Steagall. Instead of indicting bank executives, the Justice Department now hands out non-prosecution and deferred prosecution agreements to the banks and winks at the banks as it violates each probation agreement. Will made out much better than Rubin. Will walked away from Citigroup as a billionaire with a capital B. He got the nod just as a few years before it collapsed. Whale's billionaire status grew out of what corporate compensation expert Grace Bud Crystal called the Count Dracula stock option plan. You simply could not kill it, nor could you prosecute it because Citigroup's board of directors rubber stamped it. Wow. Uh, I'm going to post this one, too. So you guys can read through this on the, on the news site. But this is the kind of stuff that we talk about from the control of the Luciferian Kabbalah synagogue of Satan banking groups that like to drink blood at the highest levels and sacrifice people, according to the one interview with that one Dutch banker. But here we are watching this as Glass-Steagall's been gone now for over 20 years. These guys have allowed themselves to become billionaires, 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 as they've defrauded more and more people. Remember something here, really, on the stock market, on Wall Street's casino wheel. On the stock market, people gain or they lose all the time. That's why it's called a gambling association. If somebody makes $100 million, somebody lost $100 million. That's how it works with the stock market. People front the stocks, they long the shots, they short the stocks, and then somebody makes money, somebody loses money. And look what's happened to so many people in the United States as they've lost their life savings because they believe the lie of the Wall Street casino, and they've invested their entire life savings into it, only to find out that they no longer had anything as their brokers and representatives made commissions on the money going in and the money going out. By the way, this is a really interesting article. Everybody needs to take note of this. Acetaminophen, Tylenol, causes neurodevelopment injury in susceptible babies and children. Wow. It's basically being linked now to autism. There's a giant, giant lawsuit out now, right now, with women who took Tylenol when they were pregnant with their children who may or may not have had vaccines, who ended up with children with autistic brains and autistic development, and now they're linking it back to Tylenol. Acetaminophen, Tylenol, is one of the most poisonous compounds that the world has ever seen. I'm just going to be blunt. It's unbelievably bad. 
Um, it's it, it'll cause liver damage almost immediately if you get overdosed on Tylenol. It'll cause liver damage, severe liver damage, requiring a transplant. If you go get drunk and take a bunch of Tylenol the next morning and basically buy the alcohol with the Tylenol, it will destroy your liver. I'm just telling you this. You know, I don't care for aspirin because it can, it can cause wet macular degeneration, but it's been around for hundreds of years. This product is not. Tylenol has not been. If you get a headache or whatever, I'm not recommending you take anything, but every once in a while I'll do a little bit of aspirin, but it's very rare because it almost immediately makes my eyes blurry because of what it does. It's a super incredibly powerful blood thinner, and it will cause the retina to detach from the back of the eye, causing macular degeneration. And if you wondered why we've got so many macular clinics everywhere for macular degeneration now, we have an entire road lined with them over in Lakeland. Maybe it's because everybody's taking a baby aspirin a day. Just asking a question. You guys, I can ask questions. You can ask questions. I just want to ask that question. Is it because we're taking aspirin every day? We have so much macular degeneration? Be really careful with all of these different nascents, these non-steroidal anti-inflammatory products. They all have a lot of side effects, including heart disease and all kinds of other things, not necessarily with, with aspirin. But the reality is be so careful when you take this stuff. And I never recommend taking any kind of drug on an ongoing basis. If you want to thin your blood, vitamin E and cod liver oil and nanokinase are excellent, excellent products to do that with and really, really work. Just thought I'd mention that. What do you think, Austin, and what's your next story? No, you're spot on. The natokinase and vitamin E are incredible. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from both those two supplements as far as making sure the keeping blood viscosity thin, helping out, can also help out with blood pressure. And so, yeah, and Tylenol, I mean, if you look up the just the analysis from National Database, there's over 56,000 of them. Visits from related Tylenol overdoses. Not even combining anything else with it, just Tylenol overdoses, 56,000 a year with 26,000 hospitalizations and between 500 to 1,000 deaths directly contributed to Tylenol overdose. Again, that's not factoring in all the other deaths that Tylenol was involved in. These are ones that were directly involved with Tylenol. So. Yes, be very cautious with that stuff. The fact that it's right on the shelf, I mean, you just buy it and, you know, you accidentally take too many of them. It's it's a very dangerous compound when it comes to that, and it's just not something that is really ever recommended. That's the problem. I've never understood. I could never figure this out with some certain NyQuil versions where they actually have 10% alcohol in the NyQuil and with acetaminophen in it. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, you won't talk about Ridiculous. toxicity. And so, I mean, that's why I told you, you absolutely have to take one of those NyQuil's, try to get one that's alcohol-free and instead of free. And again, I'm not recommending you take them, but there are a couple out there if you absolutely had to, because quite frankly, that's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen on the market, an alcohol-based compound with Tylenol in it. I mean, let's, let's be real here. <laughs> also, too, in other news, this is crazy. I was listening to some of the stuff Doug was talking about yesterday. He had a guy on discussing what was going on at the Arizona floodgates. And this is crazy now. Multiple independent journalists have actually gone down to the U.S. border in Arizona, and they said tens of thousands of illegals are walking over the border into the U.S. every single day now as the federal government has decided to leave the floodgates wide open, saying there's risk of floods and environmental hazards. The U.S. Border Patrol has admitted it's responsible for its decision to leave giant floodgates open. Over 114 gates have been welded open to prevent anyone from closing. 
exposing them. They said the Border Patrol agents acting on superiors' orders welded 114 gates to stop anyone from closing them, which the agents had repeatedly been doing in a bid to stop people from being able to cross the border. They, they claimed the high water flow combined with excessive sediment and debris buildup could cause stress and compromise the design integrity of the barrier. Well, what's the point of the barrier if it's wide open? If it compromises the integrity from debris and floodwaters, which, by the way, those walls, if you guys have seen those, they have the big slits in them that are designed to take water through them. They've been there for a long time, and it hasn't seemed to be an issue. Suddenly now, all of a sudden, we've got to leave the gates wide open because we're afraid of flooding, and we're not just leaving them open. We're welding them open at 114 different gates all across Arizona. If you don't think this is a concerted effort, because here's the problem with this, guys. This is completely and totally unmonitored as far as with people coming across the border here. You know, the numbers that they tell us, the ones that people that download the app and go to the actual border and cross over through. And we're seeing millions that have been documented as crossing over illegally as asylum seekers. Those are the numbers that they're actually catching and actually monitoring and actually, you know, logging. Now they're saying that there's just unfettered. I mean, it's all the way down to Arizona. They've opened up all the gates, kind of like they want to make sure the United States is completely overrun with individuals from other countries. There's been numerous reports now that a whole bunch of Chinese have also been using it to get, gather into the United States undetected with other military elements. Now, whether or not that's accurate, I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. If I was an outside country – that wanted to do harm to the United States, this is probably the first place I would insert direct action elements in, knowing for the fact that they're not going to be stopped. They're not going to have conflict. They're going to be able to go in undetected because now this is on like every news station that's popping up now, kind of like they want everybody to know about it in Arizona. And even I'm reporting on it, on the fact that what the heck is going on with Homeland Security and how in the world do you again have individuals that are following orders like this that is this stupid. I mean, I, I tell them, dude, I'm going out there the grinding wheel. I'm cutting this stuff up. I'm going to shut it down. This, this is insanity. I mean, why in the world are we suddenly saying that because it might rain and there's floodwaters against these barriers that have been there for years and years and years now, we suddenly have to open them all up? Look at what the agenda is. Remember, the barbarians, they came into Rome. This is one of the big reasons that Rome fell, not the primary reason. But when you start bringing in people from all over the world and you start telling everyone you got a green light, open door in the United States, do whatever you want and come in here, it's going to happen. And my personal opinion, I've told me and dad have talked about this before. I think one of the reasons, I mean multiple reasons they're allowing this to happen, another one is they want – to obscure the actual numbers of deaths of what are happening in the United States from actual American citizens here. They want to prevent the numbers from dropping so rapidly on the general population scale that they're bringing in millions and millions of people now every single year. Because I told you guys, there's a, there's a uh, United Nations entire memorandum that went out back in 2000, year 2000. I talked about it. I don't have it in front of me right now. I have to find it if you guys want it, but I put it up on the website months ago. It's from 2000. It got released, and it talked about the need to bring in migration and immigrants into the United States in order to combat the slowing, waning population growth in the United States, and they said – by 2050, they expected 75% of the United States population to be immigrants from other countries, not legally transfers, not visas, but essentially illegals that have come in here, 
0.5% of the population with a population rate in the United States being around somewhat of like five or 600 million. Now, whether or not those numbers are going to be modified because of COVID or they're going to push its agenda, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing, something is very, very strange going on right now. I saw another article, just spooky with some of these flights now. Another pilot is the Latin American Airlines died suddenly mid-flight last week while carrying hundreds of passengers on a Boeing 787 Dreamliner while piloting from Miami to Chile. Ivan Adur, death caused pandemonium on the flight as two other co-pilots were forced to take control of the plane and conduct an emergency landing while a nurse attempted but failed to revive him. They essentially did an emergency landing. They pronounced him dead on the scene. I mean, full cardiac arrest, died on the plane while flying, left seat. That's pretty spooky, guys. You got left-seaters having cardiac arrest on flights, flying all over the world now. And this is not an isolated incident. It was like, ironic to me. If you look back four or five years ago, do you recall hearing about this? Um, I mean, this almost on a weekly basis now. I hear another article about this, whether it's American Airlines or it's United or it's these guys' it's Latin America flight. This is happening way too often. News flash: this isn't the place to have a heart attack when you're in the left seat of an airplane operating a Boeing 787. Most of these guys have physicals on a regular basis. Dad knows all about that with these guys. This is not a job description that they let you go into where you're unbelievably unhealthy and obese and out of shape and probably about to have a heart attack next week. They monitor these guys because it's a really big deal when you're flying around with hundreds of passengers behind you. So, again, this is another reason why I think we're watching what we're watching in the airline industry. Where you know so many of these flights, especially if you start, you're starting to have layovers and connecting flights. You're seeing constant delays on a regular basis all the time now. Constant flights are an issue. That's why I've told people, if you're going to fly, I'm pretty much nonstop now. If I got to fly somewhere, I'm not flying unless it's nonstop. Period. I'm not doing it. At least you got one shot to get there. If something's delayed, it is what it is. But that's it. You start getting these two and three connecting flights right now. There's a high probability with the way the airline industry is operating, you're going to have massive delays or you're going to miss your flight or, 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 and all the above. So just something to think about and be aware of because they're doing everything they can to try to justify what's happening. There's another article that came out now where this guy posted it on Twitter and I pulled it up and essentially the mainstream media brought up this new, this report back from like 2016 that was talking about TTS syndrome and other issues where essentially people that become too happy can have sudden heart attacks and otherwise healthy individuals. The study published 2016 claims too much happiness can cause potentially fatal heart attacks known as the happy heart syndrome. I'm not joking. This is an obscure research study. So stupid. Nobody took this thing seriously at all. Now the mainstream media every single week I feel like is trying to come out with another excuse on why you're seeing people going to cardiac arrest, including top tier one athletes in the NFL and of football and soccer and all kinds of other sports where, I mean, these guys are 21, 22, 23, 24 years old at the peak conditioning of their life. I mean, these are top athletes in the world. Some of the best that exist suddenly just dying, cardiac arrest, dropping dead on the field, seeing it all over the world. But yet, Hey, Oh man, if you uh, take too many naps, you can have cardiac arrest. If you're too happy now, you can have cardiac arrest. More propaganda and predictive programming to make people think that this is normal occurrence. And quite frankly, if people don't talk about this and don't bring these things up and call it out for what it is, you're going to see the general population become so mind-controlled. They're going to think in the next four to five, six years that this is actually normal. 
This is what happens in a society when truth does not prevail and lies continue to spew from every faucet. What happens is the general population doesn't know the truth from the lie because all they have heard are the lies. That's why I appreciate your support on getting this show out there to so many people and waking up so many people on what's really going on right now and getting the truth out there. What do you think, Ted? You know, uh, you know, Austin, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unreal how propaganda works. It, it is. And how people believe the lies and how we warned everybody there could be massive increases in death and the media was going to come in and blame it on everything else besides the vaccine. It's like, it's like you got this giant 10-foot-tall pink elephant pedophile sitting in the room, okay? And everybody walks by it and just ignores it and pretends like it's not there. It's sitting there doing calisthenics and jumping around and screaming and hollering and yelling. And everybody says, there is no giant 10-foot-tall pink pedophile in the room. It doesn't exist. And so we're going to pretend like we're just going to talk about other stuff, and it's going to be okay. And the problem is the vast majority of the population has been so dumbed down and brainwashed that they don't see the pink pedophile either. They don't see it. And then we get the real alt media coming out, the ones that are not basically compromised by CIA and Operation Mockingbird. And we're screaming with signs and neon signs and banners, and you know, and we've got our guns aimed at the pink pedophile standing in the room. And everybody's going, you guys are racist. You're a weirdo. What are you doing? You're crazy. There's nothing there. If you say there's a pink pedophile, why are you mad at him? And you're like, you don't understand. This is about eugenics. This vaccine, which is the pink pedophile, is basically wanting to come rob, kill, steal, and destroy and reduce the population of the planet by about 95%, as was indicated by the Georgia Guidestones before they were blown up. And quite frankly, they're going to just continue to do this until they get it done through pure propaganda of the masses, which they figured this out when they started doing the War of the Worlds back in the 30s and got mass hysteria going. They started doing testing to find out what they could do on radio. That was radio, by the way, and how they could affect the population and get people to believe things. And when they reported as news stories, yeah, that same group from Tavistock that we talked about. And here's an interesting article by John Pilger, and it's called – Silencing the Lambs, How Propaganda Works. In the 1970s, I met one of Hitler's leading propagandists, Lenny Reisenstahl, whose epic films glorified the Nazis. We happened to be staying at the same lodge in Kenya, where she was on a photography assignment, having escaped the fate of other friends of the Fuhrer. She told me that the patriotic messages of her films were dependent not on the orders from above, but on what she called the submissive void of the German public. That I include the liberal, educated Elite, I ask? Yes, especially them, she said. This would be the liberals that we have in our society today. I think of this as I look around at the propaganda now consuming Western societies. Of course, we're very different from Germany in the 30s. We live in an information society. We are globalists. We have never been more aware, more in touch, and better connected, or are we? Or do we live in a media society where brainwashing is insidious and relentless, and perception is filtered according to the needs and the lies of the state and corporate power? The United States dominates the Western world's media, controlled by the Rothschild banking empire. I'm adding that. All but one of the top ten media companies is based in North America. The Internet and social media, Google, Twitter, Facebook, are all mostly American-owned and controlled. In my lifetime, the United States has overthrown or attempted to overthrow more than 50 governments, mostly democracies. It has interfered in democratic elections in 30 countries. It has dropped bombs on the people of 30 countries, most of them poor and defenseless. It has attempted to murder the leaders of 50 countries. 
It has fought to suppress liberation of movements in 20 countries. The extent and scale of this carnage are largely unreported and unrecognized, and those responsible continue to dominate Anglo-American political life. In the years before he died in 2008, the playwright Harold Pinter made two extraordinary speeches which broke a silence. U.S. foreign policy, he said, is best decided as follows. Kiss my arse or I'll kick you in the head. It is as simple and as crude as that. While it's interesting about it is they're so incredibly successful, it possesses the structures of disinformation, the use of rhetoric, distortion of language, which are very persuasive, but are actually a pack of lies. It is very successful propaganda. They have the money, they have the technology, have all the means to get away with it, and they do. In accepting the Nobel Prize for Literature, Pinter said this, the crimes of the United States have been systematic, constant, vicious, remorseless, but very few people have actually talked about them. You have to hand it to America. It has exercised a quite clinical manipulation of power worldwide while masquerading as a force for universal good. It's a brilliant, even witty, highly successful act of hypnosis. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Submissive, submissive void, as described by Lenny Reisenstahl. It's the same, he replied. It means brainwashing is so thorough that we are programmed to swallow a pack of lies. If we don't recognize the propaganda, we may accept it as normal and believe it. That's the submissive void. In our concepts of corporate democracy, war is an economic necessity, the perfect marriage of public subsidy and private profit, socialism for the rich, capitalism for the poor. The day after 9-11, the stock prices of the war industry soared. More bloodshed was coming, which was great for business. I'm going to let you guys read the rest of this. I'm not going to read any more of it. Another perfect example of this, and I'm going to post this online too, and I'm going to post to Wikipedia of this, is a Nazi propaganda film that was done back in about 1935. It was called Triumph of the Will. I've watched the entire video. Uh, it's actually extremely well done for a propaganda piece. It's a propaganda film directed and edited and co-written by Lenny Rosenthal. That's why I want to bring it up again. Adolf Hitler's commission the film and served as an unofficial executive producer. His name appears in the opening lines. It chronicles the 1934 Nazi Party Congress in Nuremberg, which is attended by more than 700,000 Nazi supporters. So I've watched that film. You have to get it with subtitles on it, but it's interesting. It's in black and white, but the use of symbology and the use of propaganda in that film is the best I've ever seen. And it's what brainwashed the German people to fight until the last man, woman, and child in the trenches in Berlin as the human toll continued to be unbelievably unimaginable as far as the population of Germany's having its DNA wiped out, including the 10- and 12-year-old little boys fighting in the Hitler Youth and sometimes little girls. This is what they can do with the propaganda. They can take it to that level to brainwash the masses. And when you see these types of films like Triumph of the Will, I'll try to find the link to it. It's pretty much been scrubbed off the internet now, so you guys can watch and see the propaganda, and then kind of compare it and contrast it to what you see on CNN, and what you see on Fox, and what you see on CBS, and NBC, and ABC, and realize that these groups of people are in lockstep, and they're tying it all together with what they talked about with the Rockefeller Foundation, remember that? In the 2010 Foundation, to remember scenarios of the future, predicted a march to medical tyranny, this is an article by Stanford. It says, with the globalists suddenly ramping up the COVID hysteria at a time when most people thought it was overdone, because I decided to reach out to other people and learn that masks are returning. Basically, here's what we're finding. We're also finding that this whole thing with hysteria is going to go further and further this time, just like Austin talked about at the beginning of the show. 
And of course, now they name it. They name, they name it after a demon goddess because they can continue to promote that demon goddess and speak its name, speak its name, speak its name, speak its name over and over and over again to give it more power. You know that why do you think they named this last hurricane Hillary? Just asking you that. They want to get her name back out there, her name back out there, her name out there. It's all about name recognition and marketing and continuing to push the masses of population into believing the total lies of this mess. That's why we try to come in on this show and shock you and say, wait a minute, stop, look, everybody wake up. This isn't okay. Don't look at it like this. That's why we tell you, and Austin's told you, and we've told you dozens of times over the eight, nine years we've been on the air now, the 2,000 podcasts, over 2,000 that we've done. When you watch TV, if you even watch it, I don't even have it anymore. don't even have cable at all. I've got internet. That's it. When you watch TV, since you get a commercial every three and a half minutes now, always make sure you mute the commercials. It's so important you do that because they contain so much subliminal push from the marketing standpoint for the commercials that it will rot your brain, reprogram your grand brain, whether you, whether you even pay attention to it or not. And what I always try to do is I always try to go from one show to another one. I used to watch TV. When the commercial would come, I always hit the other channel. But then if you notice how they do this, they link the commercials together. So if, you have a, if you're watching Channel 9 and you're watching Channel 30, you go from 9 to 30, and after a few minutes, the commercials are linked again, and you can't get away from the advertising. That's done on purpose, by the way, always done on purpose when they do stuff like that because they want to force you to support the advertisers and force you to be subliminally programmed by the marketing efforts. But watch that video, Triumph of the Will, and you'll start to see what they're capable of doing and how much power they have just in media. By the way, I had the opportunity to pray for you guys again today. I love you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. And I tell you what, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here telling you the truth. And always remember, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's, the, he's, the, he's God. He built the heavens and the earth. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ. That's the greatest thing you can do to stop the propaganda. Because when you keep your hearts and minds in Jesus, it keeps you focused on the Holy Spirit, on God Almighty, and allows you to realize that we can always put God first. When we put God first, we recognize him before men. It says, Jesus says this, I'll recognize you before your, my father. Always remember that we are to sit here and proclaim the glory of Christ all the days of our life. And it doesn't make one bit of difference. It offends anybody. You get into a restaurant, you pray. Now, you don't have to get up and do a sermon and stand on the table and start yelling. Don't do stuff like that. Everybody thinks you're nuts, all right? Just bow your head slightly. Pray a short prayer. If you're with your wife or with your kids, pray. If you're with somebody else, pray. Always pray before you eat to let people know that you're a Christian and that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, including thank him for the meal that you're about to eat. Also, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? Yeah, you're spot on with that. That's one thing I always tell people, and I always try to lead by example that even when I'm around people that may not necessarily pray when they're eating meals, but it's all it's just about showing you know reverence, about appreciation, about you know what we have, what we're doing, what we're able to do. And I think, you know, a lot of times it's difficult for some people to really grasp that concept until they see somebody else do it. And that's why it's really good to lead by example. Cause you sit there and go, man, listen, I don't care what your beliefs are as far as from your standpoint, my beliefs are my beliefs. And I'm telling you right now, you have to be nuts. If you don't think that there's a higher power of being God almighty that created us. I've had this conversation with people before, even people that, you know, aren't Christ followers. And you go, what, what, what do you think is this is all about then? 
I mean, you can't, nobody can possibly be that naive. Do you think we grew up out of the mud from an amoeba and suddenly transformed into this and that and this and that and this and that and all of a sudden we're this, that complex? I've always used the analogy, and Dad always said this when I was younger. He goes, you take a brand new car, brand new vehicle, brand new, spot on zero miles, got it from the dealership, and you go put it out in the back 40 of your pasture, and you go sit it there. You know, in the next 20 or 30 years, is that car going to evolve into a Ferrari? Is it going to evolve into a Lamborghini? No, it's going to be rusted. The tires are going to be flat. The belts are going to be shot. The paint's going to be falling off of it. It's going to continually degrade. Nature doesn't do that in cases where it continues to upgrade and upgrade. Now, you have aspects of survival of the fittest and building stronger and stronger, but this concept that people try to use with evolution is just downright moronic. When you start looking, especially look at the physiology of the body, how complex we are, everything. It's amazing. And that's why I've told people it's so important. You give your body the raw materials it needs. It's not hard to figure out. You know, just let I me mean, some basic vitamin C like we have with antioxidants with D3, zinc, and a multiple. I mean, if you're just trying to keep it simple, give your body, give your cells the nutrients that they need to function properly. Your body's designed to run really good, guys. So many people, I've, I've had people say that so many times, they start on the supplements and they go, wow, I, I feel really good. I have so much energy. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how you're meant to feel. You're not meant to sit in a stupor, exhausted, so tired and fatigued every day. Now, that's what happens to you if you continually junk food and sodium nitride, high fructose corn syrup and copious amounts of sugar and all kinds of pharmaceutical drugs and don't sleep correctly. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. You're going to feel horrible. But the way your bodies can actually feel, it's incredible when you take care of them, especially when you exercise increase your serotonin, increase your flexibility, continue to get stronger. I've told people before so many times they're having an issue with being down, you know, you know, a mental problem or something. I said one of the most effective things you can do is jump on the B-complex, the 5-HTP and the omega-3 fats, the cod liver oil. I said, and go in and get some exercise along with some sunshine. Go into a gym or go to a friend's house and hit the weights. Push some weights around. Do some cardio. Drive through it. Push through it. The body was not meant to be sedentary. The body was not meant to sit in a chair or a couch for 8, 9, 10, 12 hours a day and not do anything. The body was meant to be consistently active and eating the raw nutrients it needs, and it works incredibly well, my friends. So continue to encourage that, especially with your kids. You know, I, I still – it boggles my mind to some extent on how some parents are shocked you know, when they change their children's diet, they stop feeding them, you know, you know, Captain Crunch or, you know, you know it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch and it's all this cereal in the morning, all these food colors. Like, man, you know, I cut this food on my child's diet and I cut the dyes out of their diet and I give them some clean food and some, you know, multiple chewable and they're doing great now. They're getting their homework done. They're actually getting things done. They're focused. I said, imagine that. Once you realize that the entire food industrial complex is designed to work in lockstep with the medical industrial complex to keep people as sick as possible, to keep them at the hospital and doctor's office as much as possible, and then turn around and put them on more drugs as possible, and then send them back out to eat more junk food as possible. It's designed to be like that. That's what people have to understand. And once you grasp that, once you red pill it, you go, whoa, whoa, this is what's happening makes it much more easier to start understanding what's happening and makes it much more easier to start being directly involved. Another article I saw earlier here 
on Zero Hedge. It said increasing number of parents are expressing concern over children's digital habits as their kids return to the classrooms, finding from a new poll. Two-thirds of parents surveyed said overall screen time followed by social media and internet safety are the top major concerns, according to University of Michigan Children's Hospital National Poll on Childhood Health. They said children are using digital devices and social media at younger and younger ages, and parents may struggle with how to appropriately monitor use to prevent negative impacts on safety, self-esteem, social connection, and habits that will interfere with sleep and other areas of health. Findings from the poll, based on national representative sample of over 2,000 respondents, revealed that over 50% of parents are concerned about the mental health their children, including depression, suicide, stress, and anxiety associated with excess screen use. Social media platforms included Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. Findings from 2019 study published in JAMA Psychiatry, Psychiatry showed preteens and teens who spent more than three hours per day on social media had over 60% higher risk of developing mental health problems. Guys, that is huge. Separate research shows unhealthy scrolling, the significant source of distraction that leads to addiction – which adversely impacts academic performance, feels unrealistic expectations when kids compare themselves to popular self-declared influencers. I can't say this more enough. Keep your kids off social media platforms for as long as possible. The first thing is if they do have screens, if they are getting older, have limits on those screens. When you have dinner, phones go up. When they're going to bed, phones go up. Ensure kids are getting enough sleep. I have seen it so many times with younger kids and teenagers that have open access to phones where they will literally sit and scroll on social media. And I've heard about this directly from people I know till one, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, exhausted, but yet still sitting there trying to get a little bit of extra dopamine by scrolling through more and more social media. It is so insanely unhealthy. I cannot reiterate that anymore. And then on top of that, then they're functioning at school on two or three hours of sleep every night. Now, does only ruin their immune system from fighting off certain elements or viruses that are floating around, massively stunts their growth if they're still growing. Another thing, too, is watch for concerning behavior. Look out if they're starting to interfere with child's daily routine and commitments in school, if social media is taking a precedent over that, if children often choose social media over in-person social actions. Children cannot get at least eight hours of sleep a night. If that's a problem, they're not getting eight hours of sleep, then there's an issue with it. If a child is prevented from engaging in regular physical activity because they're so obsessed with social media, another problem. If children use social media even when they express a desire to stop. If children are experiencing strong cravings to check social media, if children lie or use deceptive behavior to spend more time on online and social media, those are all clear-cut signs you need to get directly involved with this. I cannot reiterate anymore. Social media is insanely addictive, especially for young children. They base the algorithms. They base the platforms. They base the likes. They base all of it off casino algorithms, off slots, off jackpots. That's why you see adults. If you ever go into a casino, you'll sit them literally in some cases on a stupor, pushing the button over and over and over again on casino slot machines, not even realizing what they're doing. They're just pushing the button and watching all the colors and all the numbers float around like pixie dust while they're drooling on themselves, drinking and smoking. It is unhealthy. When you do this to a young child and preteen, it is insanely unhealthy because you're gearing them up for the rest of their life to be a constant dopamine reward trigger child where everything they do, they have to get constant dopamine. And on top of that, like they were saying earlier in this article, it gives them massive unrealistic expectations of what they can accomplish at certain ages and what people actually look like and what people actually accomplish. 
Remember, Instagram's not a real place. Twitter's not a real place. TikTok's not a real place. It's simply a digital social media platform. It's not real. Get that concept to your children's head, and if they're having a problem with it, get directly involved in it. And I promise you, you're going to get blowback from it. When you're dealing with an addict that's obsessed with something, especially when they're so addicted they cannot come off of it for an entire day or even a few hours, you're going to get blowback from it. It doesn't matter. You're their parent. You're their guardian. You're there to protect them and keep them safe, and you're doing them a disservice if you're not getting actively involved in doing this. But when you start seeing more research, more studies, more polls that are constantly bringing stuff like this to light, it's really, really important you take it seriously if you have young kids and do the best you possibly can. And that can go all the way to not just social media. That goes to video games. And that goes to television as well. Anything that involves a digital screen right now, be aware of it. Because remember, the LED screens that we have now, these immense 4K and 1080p and all this crazy stuff, high-def 4K, you know, ultra, ultra high-def. These screens aren't what we grew up with in the 80s and 90s with the old analog TVs, you know, and moving the antennas on a little 20-inch TV watching a movie. It was all grainy, and you had to rewind the VHS every time. That stuff was you sitting there watching like, ah, whatever. This stuff now, these giant TVs and giant PlayStation consoles, these kids got these 70-80-inch screens in the room playing video games. It immerses them into a digital world that their minds think is really real. So continue to get the truth out there, my friends, and stay strong. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. Always here to help you out. The Ultimate Multiple Powder on sale over the weekend. Be sure to check it out. The Hagman Report tonight. I'm going to throw the HR5 coupon code out. You guys want to use that over the weekend? Use it. Support our show. Support his show. HR5 will get you 5% off all regular price products on the website at healthmasters.com. So take advantage of that on the website. If you need anything, give us a call. Have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. On Monday as always. I appreciate you all. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.